Welcome to a Humans of Magic audio short. These are some short clips that I took from the B-roll of certain interviews, and I thought you might be interested in them, so I thought I would share them. This one is with Michael Caffrey. Here's Michael in his own words. I'm Michael Caffrey. I own the Tales of Adventure retail store in Coopersburg, Pennsylvania, as well as toamagic.com, the online retailer. We've been in business for nine years since 2013. We've been selling on tcgplayer.com since 2014, and we've been vending at any major North American magic event since 2015. Now Michael is going to talk about Command Fest from a vendor's perspective. Enjoy. So Witches of the Coast announced Command Fest back in, in March. There's been about six of them throughout June and June, July, largely coinciding as a event-based engagement with Commander Legends Baldur's Gate and Double Masters 2 a, a, a little bit. The last ones of that cycle are coming up in about a week and a half. These events are the first hard-ticketed magic event, so everyone has to pay $50 per day to get in. There are various events going on, but all of the events are on the small side. There's not like a modern 1K. There's commander for for prize tickets or competitive EDH for slightly more prize tickets. Largely, it's like this sharing experience and enjoyment of commander. All these events have very long guest lists, 15 to 25 creators at each of them. And the events have generally been in nicer spaces than the giant concrete convention center hall that we have seen in the past. The one in Philadelphia was at the the third floor ballroom and it was carpeted and just a a very, very nice building. It was in the convention center downtown. It's the first time we've seen an event in the, the downtown Philly area in a very long time. So in terms of the overall event, it's been, it's been a really nice event. The challenge is, you know, magic players don't want to be paying to get into a, a ticketed event. They just don't want to be be paying the forty or fifty dollars because they're used to being able to walk into a Grand Prix and experience it for so long. And and that's it's tough to it's tough to adjust to that. So that's kind of the the problem. And then conversely, there's six or eight vendors, and a lot of the vendors are saying we're not able to buy enough cards. We're not doing enough business to justify being here. Uh, the events have definitely been on the, the side of the slowest events I've I've done in a very long time. You know, multiple twenty minute stretches between interacting with the customer on on buying or selling. There's a lot of a lot of challenges here, but I think the events could be really good. I think kind of what happened was the the timeline got squished to get these events to fit around Commander Legends. Uh, the the Richmond Star City one, which was the first one, was the previous through Baldur's Gate. The release weekend event was in Vegas with Channel Fireball. And the the bad release of Baldur's Gate and the bad release, the, the very close release of Double Masters 2 took a lot of the air out for these events being fun and interesting for, for, for players. As a vendor, the biggest thought or question I have is how can vendors be providing a service to the customers? How can we be offering something that the average player is not able to get through LGS, not able to get a traditional convention experience? You know, what what does a vendor offer to a player besides a large sum of cash? And, you know, so they could get money for their cards. 
And I think that's one of the challenges that we're going to have to be working with Watsi to figure out how we can do better at that. Do you have any suggestions? So a lot of it comes down to the pace of the events, the number of events, and the overall uh, challenge of logistics. I was talking to another vendor at SCG Syracuse this past weekend, and they were talking about how they were shipping a pallet to the event and their pallet got lost and there, there were freight delays and the whole, the whole trucking system's bad. What they wanted to have at the event just wasn't what, what they were actually able to present. Only having like four or five of these events in a very narrow span with no future continuity is a big challenge for anybody trying to, trying to innovate, right? If you're, if you're a business, you're putting up money with the intention of making it back, you need to know that your, your investment has, has a return at some point. You know, we, we're going to spend 30 or 40 hours pulling single cards for any one of these events. And then when we get back from the event, we just have to put it all back online. And that's, that's tedious. And we tend to, we tend to cut corners. You know, we got feedback from the last event. How do you not have a revised demonic tutor? And the answer was, well, we like stocked the case three shows ago and like aren't really planning on restocking it because that's a, a 20 or 30 hour labor investment that we like, I can't like hire somebody to prep inventory for these five shows. We have to use existing resources on all this stuff. Whereas if I knew that there were 30 shows this year, there would be a dedicated person whose job it was to make sure that we have this list of cards and I would spend development resources finding out this list. And then you could even take all of this a step further and start focusing on other items you can bring to an event. You know, are, are playmats sellable magic products? I, I would say that on average, yes, playmats are, are sellable, but if you brought maybe 200 playmats to an event, and had this really nice section, people were able to look through it, you would get significantly more sales than if you brought five or 10 because the odds of somebody finding something really enjoy is much higher when you have more of it. Think about how big like a playmat is and how difficult it is to get a playmat to an event. Like if, if most vendors are just flying to your events, you don't have space to pack a bunch of playmats. So the entire industry is drawn down into efficiency of we're going to fly to these events we're going to bring everything in, in two to four suitcases and we're going to, we're going to set up our booth like that. And it, it works fine when, when all you're doing is trying to, trying to buy and sell magic cards. But from a player experience perspective, you know, there are way more things beyond a shiny magic card for your new deck that, that are desirable. So how are vendors ever incentivized to do this if the market doesn't present them an opportunity to be uh, for that to be a profitable decision. Right. It goes back to your bigger point of just continuity, right? Like continuity and incentives. That's what it comes down to. Right. And, and in the same sense, you know, somebody had given the feedback to me of, oh, there's too many command fests. These are too hard for me to travel to. And they don't have to be. Because if if there's 30 of them and you say, I want to do these four or, oh, that's my favorite creator. They're going to be at the, the Minneapolis one. I'm going to go to the Minneapolis one because I want to play commander with them. All right. You, you can plan around that and say, I'm not going to drive eight hours to, to Charlotte, North Carolina, because instead I, I'm going to do this. 
and I'm going to be happy doing it. Yeah, if you have that laid out on the track, then people can be more selective, both players as well as the retailers. That makes sense. I, I think it's even good for content creators to, to have the schedule, have this plan. You know, somebody who's who's trying to... Uh, yeah, they can collab, they can network. They, there's all kinds of considerations for creators as well, right? In addition to the fans of the creators. Yeah, uh, John Kapoor did 52 FNMs as a as an article uh, series. I can't remember how old this is. This is like maybe Gathering Magic days, like before he was a TCG player. But it, the, the premise was, I'm going to play fi- 52 FNMs with 52 different decks. And obviously, you know, you're creating content in a similar way. But somebody who's saying, I'm going to play 52 games of Commander in 50 different states next year, and I'm going to go to Command Fest. And that's like, that's what, that's what I'm going to do. That's the content I want to create. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I love that. That's like, uh, it, it requires commitment. It also requires knowing the schedule in advance and knowing that there are going to be 52 command fests, right? Yeah, it's all, it's all, all these challenges are largely solved by just having enough of these that there is consistency uh, at, at all levels and that you can develop and train administrative staff and any of the problems from one event are solved by the next event that was the great thing about CFBE doing events when Magic Fest was still around in 2019 was that they didn't make the same mistake multiple weeks in a row. They, they saw problems, they encountered them, they solved them, and, and moved on and had successful events. And it was, it was great to watch. So hopefully we'll see these changes come down the line. But I mean, knowing that you, Michael, have a lot of experience in this industry... Do they generally take this kind of feedback well? Do you think they will adjust quickly? Do you think it's going to be a short or a long-term process to figure all this out? Everything takes time. Everything takes marketing budget, um, especially depending on how tightly this is uh, put together up at, up in Watsi versus independent organizers and how much uh, room independent organizers have to to run with things. I think it's going to be a challenge to see this happen Hopefully, we have a reasonably robust event schedule in 2023, but I, I still wouldn't be shocked if there wasn't a, a real 2023 event schedule. 